0: This is Campaign 68 from APM Reports. In the first four chapters of this series, we'll go deep into the events of 1968. The tumultuous campaign trail, the rioting in American cities, the war in Vietnam, and protests against it at home. Then, in the next four chapters, we'll explore the legacy of 1968. We'll hear how all the upheaval of that year continues to shape American politics today, 50 years later. Our narrator is Stephen Smith. Good morning, Vietnam. In
1: 1968, America was at war in Vietnam. Almost half a million Americans were serving there. 20,000 had died.
0: We're making steady progress in Vietnam. We're fine, Paul under constant artillery, rocket, and mortar fire. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. The enemy continues to pour men and material across frontiers and into battle, despite his heavy losses. In
1: 1968, most Americans still supported fighting for a military victory in Vietnam, but opposition was growing. Carry. Carry. Viet flag, more than 500, marched on police headquarters this afternoon. We must stay in the streets and stay in active resistance or else there will be no peace. ...fight in
0: this unjust war, and what we are saying is it. we want them to come home. It's time to come home from Vietnam. Get the gun. Get the gun. 1968
1: was a frightening year in America. Assassinations and racial violence tore at the country. Smoke from fires in downtown Washington is visible here at the White House. Police cars and ambulances are moving up and down the street.
0: Several guards using their, their rifles as clubs, hitting the demonstrators. I say violence is necessary. Violence is a part of America's culture. It is as American as cherry pie. This nation faces once again the consequences of lawlessness, hatred, and unreason in its midst.
1: That last voice was Lyndon Baines Johnson, president of the United States. At the beginning of 1968, party leaders expected LBJ, a Democrat, to run for re-election. By the end of the year, Johnson was out, and so was his party. The Democrats had dominated government for more than a generation, all the way back to Franklin Roosevelt in the 1930s. But in 1968, voters repudiated liberal leadership. That ushered in a new era of Republican conservatism that would shape American politics for the rest of the century. Our election story begins in early 1968 with a relatively obscure Democratic politician. Senator McCarthy speaks to New Hampshire. I'm Senator Eugene McCarthy. I'm challenging President Lyndon Johnson, the Democratic primary here in New Hampshire, for the Democratic nomination for the presidency. Eugene McCarthy was running to protest Johnson's escalation of the war in Vietnam. Revolutionaries in communist-run North Vietnam and in the U.S.-backed South were trying to take over the country. Johnson was throwing more and more American money and military power into the fight. An escalation of military commitment, an escalation of objective without end. Finally, we reached the point, I think, where we must say that this war is no longer morally justifiable. Oh, yeah. yeah, they were the first ones in there after yeah. the Indians, you know. McCarthy took his anti-war presidential campaign to the wintry streets of New Hampshire in the early months of 1968. How are you, Who are you, sir? Senator McCarthy. Oh, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm for LBJ all the, all, right, <laughs> all the way. All the way, all the way. That's my boss. The prospects for winning New Hampshire's Democratic primary looked grim. McCarthy wasn't well known. His campaign had virtually no money. But McCarthy volunteers poured into New Hampshire, especially young people. My original motivation in coming here was the war. Harvard grad student Sam Brown was interviewed in New Hampshire. Uh, Johnson's going to end it by uh, sending over more Americans to die and to kill more Vietnamese. And Gene McCarthy offers an honorable and rational solution to the war. And that's why we're here. If you love your country
0: and the things for which it stands
1: McCarthy's anti-war campaign also attracted 1960s star power. Folk singers Peter, Paul, and Mary performed on his behalf. Actor Paul Newman campaigned in the streets of New Hampshire. And on the radio, the voice of TV's Twilight Zone pitched for McCarthy. This is Rod Serling. Just stop and think for a minute. How would you feel if you woke up Wednesday morning to find that Eugene McCarthy had won the New Hampshire primary? Wouldn't you feel that suddenly there was new hope for America? that perhaps we might break out of the dreary circle of rising discontent and continuing stagnation. Wouldn't you be proud that New Hampshire had changed the entire political picture of the nation and restored vitality... Whatever hope he inspired, McCarthy's fight seemed truly quixotic. The entire Democratic Party hierarchy backed President Johnson. Plus, McCarthy just didn't seem to want the White House that much.
0: Senator McCarthy, what makes you run?
1: That's a hard question. I I suppose I'll explain spend the most of the campaign explaining why I'm making this race. I would I, uh, say of all the people running there, I'm probably the one who least would like the presidency, but it kind of fell to me to make the test, I think, on this issue, since no one else would do it. Events in Vietnam would drive that war issue home. At the end of January 1968, the North Vietnamese launched the Tet Offensive. Americans called the communist soldiers Charlie, and Charlie was staging a major assault across South Vietnam. Pacifica radio reporter Dale Miner was pinned down with U.S. Marines in the ancient city of Hue.
0: As of last night, there were 71 Marines killed here in the fight for the imperial city as Charlie is trying to do something here that, uh, He's out to prove to us that he can uh, kill a hell of a lot of Americans if he really wants to.
1: The Tet Offensive was a political disaster for President Lyndon Johnson. He had been promising victory for so long that the North's sweeping attack shocked Americans.
0: To say that we are mired in stalemate seems the only realistic, if unsatisfactory, conclusion.
1: Two weeks after Tet, CBS News anchor Walter Cronkite came back from a trip to Vietnam with a pessimistic view of the war's prospects.
0: The only rational way out will be to negotiate, not as victors, but as an honorable people who lived up to their pledge to defend democracy and did the best they could.
1: President Lyndon Johnson said privately, if I've lost Cronkite, I've lost Middle America. Public opinion on Vietnam was changing, and Johnson was vulnerable. When New Hampshire Democrats went to the polls to vote in the March primary, a lot of them refused to support their president. Johnson ended up beating Eugene McCarthy by only seven points. For an incumbent, this was deeply worrying. And soon, another Democrat, a famous and controversial man, would challenge Johnson. I run because I am convinced that this country is on a perilous course, and because I have such strong feelings
0: about what must be done, and I feel that I'm obliged to do all that I can. The tragic presidential bid of Robert F. Kennedy in the next installment of Campaign 68, You can find out a lot more about 1968 at our website. We have a trove of photographs, essays, and historical documents. Go to apmreports.org 68. And if you like this podcast, help spread the word by leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe. Campaign 68 is a production of American Public Media. Support for this program comes from the Olsef Family Foundation working to improve community through support of the arts, education, the environment, and the underserved. I'm Kate Ellis. Thanks for listening.